What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we are back for another round of listener Q&A, where I take your questions and answer them here on the podcast. So we had a lot of great questions today, and we covered topics like alcohol and its effects on fat loss, muscle gain, and all that good stuff, um, what to do at the end of the day when you have a ton of calories left and you don't know what to do. Do you pound them all or you just call it a day and, and try again tomorrow? What do you do in that case? And a bunch of other awesome questions. So thank you guys for um, submitting your questions. Really, really awesome and happy to see that you guys are really enjoying the podcast and finding value out of it and uh, taking advantage of the free resources at your disposal. Um, so thank you guys again for, for submitting the questions. I really appreciate it. And if you find this episode helpful at all, Go ahead and share it with at least one other person who you think it would benefit as well. As always, we're trying to get more and more people listening to the podcast because the more people listen, the more people we're helping together. So if you could share with anyone who you think would benefit from this sort of information, I'd greatly appreciate it. And last but not least, if you haven't already, definitely go check out the Athlete's Guide to Nutritional Periodization. As always, I plug it literally every episode and there's a reason why I plug it so much. It takes you through the exact process of creating your own individualized nutrition prescription for athletic performance. If you're an athlete, you know someone who's an athlete, you're a coach, I would highly recommend listening to it or uh, reading it. I mean, Um, I should actually make like a podcast version of the book, but um, that's an episode for another day. Um, But definitely go click the link down below. All you got to do is enter your name, your email, and it's all yours completely free. So again, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode um and without further ado let's get into the listener q a all right so the first question i kind of got twice actually from from two people so Brittany and jackson both both asked me uh this question uh more or less the same thing like what what effect does alcohol have on us when we drink it like in terms of fat loss and muscle gain and all that stuff should we should we be concerned is there a limit on like how much we should drink uh during a week and honestly that could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself but in a nutshell we definitely do need to be concerned with how much alcohol we're taking in uh, for a number of reasons. One, alcohol does have calories. Um, the I don't want to say macronutrient because it's not a macronutrient, but the, um, the, the thing that's giving you the calories from alcohol is ethanol. Um, and ethanol has seven calories per gram. So not as calorically dense as fat, but it does have a, few, a, a bit more calories than, um, than protein and carbs. So we need to be aware of it. So if you do have it, the simplest tip I can give you if you do drink is to track it in my fitness pal. Just look it up, um, track it. I'll, I can do another episode on how you would go about fitting that in. Um, but the question in this case is more so about like the effects and what it actually does and like, why we need to be so concerned with it. Um, and the reason is that your body actually views alcohol as a toxin, as a poison. So when you take it in, your body's like, oh shit, what's going on? We got to deal with this. We can't just have this circulating around. Like there's no way for your body to effectively store alcohol. Um, like it can store fat and store carbs and store protein. There's no way for your body to effectively store alcohol. So it has to metabolize it and get rid of it ASAP. So it does exactly that. It puts the metabolism of everything else. So your protein, carbs, fats that you take in via food, it puts that metabolism on hold so you can deal with the toxin that you just took in. So 
those two reasons are two of the main reasons. Also, another main reason. So I would say these top three are, are the main reasons why we got to be concerned with alcohol consumption and at least be mindful of it and not overdo it is because alcohol affects sleep quality too. Even though you might pass out uh, from drinking a little bit too much, that doesn't mean that your sleep quality is on point. It's actually worse because you drink the alcohol. Alcohol really affects your ability to get into deep sleep, and you'll notice your sleep is choppy over the course of the night. You'll wake up, you'll fall back to sleep again, you'll wake up, you'll fall back to sleep again. And it really just messes with your sleep quality, and some argue that that might be the most detrimental effect that alcohol has on your gains and your fat loss progress, because as we know, sleep is so, so important. And if you're doing something that hinders your sleep quality on a regular basis, you're not doing yourself any sort of favors in terms of fat loss, muscle gain, performance, overall health, any sort of goal that you could possibly have. You're not really doing yourself any favors. Um, so those are the three main reasons uh, why we want to really pay attention to alcohol. And like that's how kind of alcohol affects you. Um, it's a toxin, so your body wants to deal with it. It puts the metabolism of everything else on hold. And if we're doing that every day or multiple days a week, you're not really doing yourself any favors when it comes to fat loss and muscle gain and stuff like that. And if you notice, okay, I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm tracking my macros and everything on point, training's on point. What's going on? Um, I think I'm sleeping enough. You might want to look at your alcohol intake. If you notice you're, you're drinking more than like one or two nights a week, you might want to consider cutting that back to that one or two nights a week. Um, and you'll notice a very considerable difference in in your results, most likely, of course. Of course, we can't say one thing is the magic bullet that's going to give you the results that you want to see. Like one thing is the culprit. Likely a number of different things. But um, looking at your alcohol consumption is not a bad place to start. And in terms of fitting it in, uh, the tip I'll give right now is just like make sure you track it in your macros. Um, do your best. A lot of drinks will actually be on my fitness pal, even though um, – Ethanol isn't like accounted for on the app. Uh, people will input it in and just, you'll have, at least have the calories. Even if your macros are on a point, you can at least make sure you're within the calories. Um, there's another technique too, but I, I don't want to get into that right. Actually, you know what? Now that I've like mentioned, I can't say, oh, there's another technique for tracking and like not tell you guys how to do it. Um, so let's see. So for tracking, uh, for fitting alcohol into your macros, how I usually recommend doing it is like I said, um, you can track it on my fitness file uh, using calories. Um, that's one way to do it. Or what you can do is look at like how many calories, um, per drink that you plan on having, have a rough game plan of how much you want to drink. Obviously it never really goes according to plan, but at least if you have a boundary set for yourself, it's a lot less likely that you're going to go overboard and binge drink or something like that. So let's say you set a, um, a target for, for five drinks and each drink has roughly a hundred calories, which is roughly what, what you're going to get from a beer from a shot. You're probably going to get 60 to 80 calories from like hard liquor, uh, where you got to be real careful is like the, um, the drinks with like mixtures and stuff like that, which, which have like tons of sugar and the calories add up real quick. But in terms of just alcohol, um, let's say you want to have five beers, a questionable choice why you would want to do that, but it's fine. Let's say you do and five beers would be roughly 500 calories. Cool. So what you want to do is subtract that 500 calories from your total daily intake. So let's say your total daily intake is 3,000 calories. Just now, to account for the alcohol, subtract 500 calories. Simple as that. And where do those 500 calories come from? Not protein. You want to keep protein constant. You don't want to cut that down. Um, I suggest either cutting from just carbs or a combination of carbs and fats. 
Um, ideally, probably a combo of carbs and fats. Um, just to, if just in case you work out earlier in the day, you want to support your workout performance and keep carbs relatively high. So I would recommend taking from a, a combination of carbs and fats. So take the calories away and then just subtract them from your carbs and fats for the day. And that'll give you your new goal for the day when you would adjust for alcohol. And literally, if you do that, obviously, you don't want to use that as a cop out to drink every night. If you're drinking every night, that's a whole different issue in and of itself. Um, but if you use that like maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks, maybe even twice a week, if you can handle it um, and it's not affecting your progress, then you can, you can do it. Just go ahead and make sure you fit the alcohol into your macros. Um, that's one of the easiest ways to make sure it's not, at least if it's, if it's slowing down your progress, okay. If you're cool with that, that's fine. But we at least want to make sure you're not sending yourself in the opposite direction. All right, so the next question is, um, it comes from Kelly, and he asks, like, what do you do at the end of the day when you get to the end of the day and you have a ton of calories left? Let's see, he used the example of having a 1,000 calories left at the end of the day because it was a super busy day and just lost track of time, didn't, wasn't able to eat. Um, very much during the day like what do you do in that situation do you do you somehow find a way to scarf it all down um do you eat half and call it a night do you not even try like what do you do in that case that's a really good question too um first of all i would say like just right off the bat to not get into that situation what you want to do is plan ahead and plan what i find is very successful and this is one of like the only like quote unquote universal habits that I found to work very well with almost everyone is um, to plan your day out the night uh, before. So the night before sit there and plan out your macros. So you know exactly what you're going to hit on a day-to-day basis. That's one of the easiest ways to make sure that you actually hit your numbers and you don't end up on the, at the end of the day with that crazy amount of calories left. But let's say you planned out and something happened, shit hit the fan and you just end up at the end of the day with that thousand calorie, um, thousand calorie gap left to hit what do you do now there's a couple different options um if it if it happens one time like honestly i would do just number one just go with preference if you want to get the calories and if you feel like you can it's not that big of a deal like i know some people can down a thousand calories me being one of them without feeling super full at all i can be totally fine with that so if you want to do that then go ahead if you would rather not eat all the calories and just eat what you can eat until you feel good um, then go ahead and do that. Cause if this is happening like a one-off basis, like this happens once by not hitting that calorie goal, you're not doing anything crazy to like harm your results. Like you're, you're fine. The problem happens is what happens when something like this happens on a like almost daily basis or several times a week. Well, if that happens, then we got to look deeper and be like, okay, why is that happening so often? And we can come up with a solution like what I presented just a couple minutes ago with planning your night ahead of time or planning your day ahead of time. But if it's a one-off thing, I would just recommend going, going with what you prefer. Um, if you want to get the calories in, just get the calories in. And an easy way to do that in a way that you're not going to feel bloated and gross and stuff like that is to use a shake. Just literally make a thousand calorie shake. I've done it before. I've put 1,200 calories into a shake been totally fine not bloated not nothing um so you're it's very doable and if you want to get those calories in without feeling like a bloated uh mess i would definitely recommend doing that i think that would be a great option um if you want to get a solid meal and you feel like you can you feel like you'll feel good after then go ahead and do it now would i eat a thousand calorie meal 
if let's say you get home and it's like half an hour before you go to bed, probably not. I'd, I'd cut it in half at least. Um, and just kind of, um, call it a day and just accept the fact that you're 500 calories short. Again, one day of that, not going to do anything. Um, you're fine. The key is just to make sure it doesn't happen two, three, four days in a row. <laughs> so really to answer your question in, in, uh, in short would say, just go with preference, whatever you feel is, um, is best. Like if it's a one-off thing, totally fine to skip out on uh, eating all the calories and just kind of call it a night, go to sleep. Don't stuff yourself. If it's happening more often than not, then we got to look deeper and be like, why is it happening? How can we keep that from happening? So we don't have to stuff all these calories down in that situation. So hopefully that answered your question. Um, that was a really good question. I actually really enjoyed that one. And then let's see, Julian asks, what are some of your go-to post-workout foods? Also a really good question. Um, as we know, post-workout, you want to get protein source in, uh, a protein source in, uh, roughly 40 grams of protein is going to be the optimal dose to simulate muscle protein synthesis. And ideally we want a, uh, a protein source that's relatively high in leucine content, uh, because we want to hit that leucine threshold to kind of flip the switch on muscle protein synthesis and get things going. Um, for those of you that don't know, leucine is a branched chain amino acid that is kind of like your body's way of gauging how many amino acids, how much protein is around available for muscle growth. So by sensing the adequate amounts of leucine are around, um, by hitting that leucine threshold, you're kind of letting your muscles know, your body know, okay, there's enough protein around so we can start the process of building muscle. So you want to make sure you're eating a protein source that has plenty of amino acids, the full profile of amino acids. And the best way to do that is to eat animal sources of protein, hands down, uh, literally not even trying to trigger any vegans out there. Like I swear, just scientifically speaking, like the most bioavailable, like uh, usable protein for, for muscle growth, especially when it comes to like leucine content and stuff like that. Hands down, animal protein like meat, uh, chicken, dairy, uh, fish, stuff like that. So I'll go with something like that. Um, my go-tos, I like uh, I like ground turkey, I like lean ground beef. Um, nothing like out of the ordinary. It's not like this special like concoction that's only for post-workout. It's really very similar to what my other meals look like. There's maybe a little bit less added fat. Um, but just from like from a solid food perspective, I would just go with one of those like lean, relatively lean meat sources. Um, I'll say those are my go-to for that. If you want to go with a protein powder, if you want to go with a shake, I would recommend either a whey protein isolate or um, a plant-based protein blend. So whey is going gonna, is gonna to be optimal for muscle growth if you tolerate it. If you drink whey and you get gassy every time and you feel like you want to make the bathroom explode every time, probably not the best idea to be drinking whey protein. It's not a normal thing to be happening. If that's happening when you're drinking whey protein, either one, you're drinking a shitty quality whey protein. You've got to look at your, uh, uh, your brand of protein that you're using. Um, or two, you just don't tolerate whey protein, which I know I don't tolerate whey protein that well. Um, even though whey isolate is low in lactose uh, and people who are lactose intolerant can, um, can drink it and get away with it sometimes. Some people are just intolerant to the whey molecule itself. And I happen to be one of those people. So I go with a plant-based protein blend. And having it be a blend is very, very important because like I said, plant-based proteins are not going to have your full profile of essential amino acids. And some of them 
aren't very high in leucine. So we want to make sure that you get a blend of plant-based proteins. Um, you'll, you can find plant-based protein powder blends everywhere now. I, Legion Athletics has a great one uh, that, I, that I use when I use a protein powder. Um, you want to get a blend so that way you get a full, the full profile of essential amino acids. Um, you hit that leucine threshold, you, you stimulate muscle protein synthesis, and you're all good. So either whey protein isolate, if you go with that, you're totally fine. If you, if you tolerate it, um, or if you don't tolerate it, if you simply prefer going plant-based for ethical reasons, go with the plant-based protein powder blend. Like I said, uh, Legion actually has both, uh, both types, like a whey isolate and a, a plant-based, and they both taste great. Like I said before, not sponsored by them, just really like their products. They're, they're really eh, a great company, um, really transparent with like the ingredients, ingredients and stuff like that. So I, I always typically recommend them. But I would say those are my post-workout foods. And then in terms of carb sources um, for post-workout, white rice, hands down, is my go-to. Um, if I'm having a solid meal, uh, white rice, definitely my go-to. Low fiber, very easy to digest, very easy to eat in high quantities to get that 2 to 1 or 3 to 1 ratio of carbohydrates to protein. So hands down, if I had to pick one go-to carb source, um, white rice for sure. And then let's see, let's see. And the last question is a, a bit of a, a loaded one. I'm going to answer it to the best of my ability on this one without going off on too much of a tangent. But um, how do you break a plateau? And uh, a Kelly asked this one again too. So Kelly had, uh, coming in with the fire questions today. Um, but how do you break a plateau in, in fat loss? And this could be a whole podcast in and of itself. And if you're looking for more information on this stuff, I would definitely recommend going and checking out um, reverse dieting 101, the podcast I did a couple of weeks ago, I think almost a month ago now with Quran. Um, definitely a good episode and kind of goes through that process of breaking uh, through plateaus. But to answer it in short on this podcast, first, the first question is, are you even in a plateau? So I define a plateau um, at least two weeks of stag- stagnated progress. One week really isn't enough to call it a plateau at very minimum two weeks, honestly, even three weeks of stagnated progress. That's what I would consider a true plateau. And let's say you have actually plateaued. You're doing everything right, but just for whatever reason, your body's not adapting anymore. And we're speaking in terms of fat loss here. Um, there's two routes that you could go. Either one, you very simple. Um, actually, there's two and a half routes that you can go. Either one, you increase the calorie deficit, uh, to elicit more fat loss, or two, you reverse out of the calorie deficit to rebuild metabolic capacity and put yourself in a position where you can lose fat later down the line. And the reason why I say two and a half is because in increasing the calorie deficit, there's two ways that we can do that. So one, very obvious, decrease the amount of food intake, lower the calories by 100 to 200 calories to kind of to see if your body responds to that. Or two, what we could do is um, increase the energy expenditure. And you could do this by adding an extra cardio session, adding an extra weightlifting session. If you have room in your schedule and your program um, requires it, or um, I don't know, I don't even know what the word is. I don't, wow, vocab is tough. Um, but you know what I was saying. Or three, you could increase your NEAT. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And the easiest way to do that is to just increase your steps. So any one of those things we can do to increase the calorie deficit. And if you're in a place where you're not um, too low in calories yet, rule of thumb, typically, obviously, very, very individual, 
but typically don't like going below 10 times your body weight in calories. So a 200 pound individual, I wouldn't like to take them. A 200 pound averagely lean, uh, like not super overweight individual, I wouldn't like taking them below 2000 calories in most cases, uh, just as an, a hypothetical example. Um, so if you, if you're not at that 10 times your body weight threshold yet, you still have room to go and you want to pursue some more fat loss, then you would just take the calories down by 100 to 200 calories and see how your body responds. If you're already at that 10 times your body weight threshold, or if you're even below that, you probably don't want to go down anymore. Um, because you're only going to be driving yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into a state of metabolic adaptation. And eventually you're going to get to a point where you just can't even go any lower. So instead of just running yourself into the ground, if you're at that kind of threshold or even lower than that, what you want to do is reverse diet out of it and build up your metabolic capacity um, so that you can later go and pursue fat loss. Even if you have still have plenty of fat to lose, you don't want to keep driving yourself into the ground. You want to take the sustainable approach, set yourself, set yourself up for success in the long term and reverse diet out of it, get your calories up, focus on getting stronger in the gym, rebuild your metabolic capacity, so that way you can go back to losing fat at a much higher calorie amount. And again, if you want more information on the reverse dieting side of things, go listen to that episode of Reverse Dieting 101 with Karan. If you want more information on what metabolic adaptation is, go listen to the episode I did recently. I believe it was last Saturday's Science Sunday, or Science last Saturday's Science Sunday. As you can tell, it's actually 11, 11 p.m. over here. Um, very late. I don't know why I'm recording right now, um, but the show must go on. So if I sound like make mistakes like saying last Saturday's Science Sunday, you know why. Um, but on last Saturday's version of Science Saturday, um, what I talked about was metabolic adaptation. So if you want more information on what that is and why we actually even need to reverse diet in the first place, go check out that episode for sure. Um, but hopefully this answer kind of covered that in as uh, clear and concise way as possible. You're gonna, once you figure out that you have actually plateaued for two or three weeks, you're going to want to either increase energy expenditure or increase the energy deficit um, by taking your calories lower, increasing activity, or reverse diet out of it and rebuild metabolic capacity so you can actually pursue fat loss down the line. Whew. All right. So that brings us to the end of this uh, week's Q&A. As always, thank you so much for submitting your questions. All these questions were great, and I had a great time answering them. Um, always fun to hear from you guys and uh, uh, hear what's on your mind, what you guys want answered. And if you have any questions for next week's Q&A in your mind, go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram. Go ahead and shoot me an email, however you feel most comfortable reaching out to me. Uh, and I'll answer them on the podcast, but I'll also get back to you in the DM. Um, or in your email, however you contact me and answer your question personally. See if you have any questions at all, uh, definitely just reach out to me. would love to help you out in any way I can. And as always, if you find this episode helpful in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and share it with at least one person who you think would benefit from it. Because as always, the more people that we can get listening to the episode, the better because we're helping more people. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in. And yeah, hopefully have a great rest of your day and catch you tomorrow for this week's guest episode.